You are listening to the official podcast for ICGC Calvary Temple, Teen Chapel. Be blessed as you listen to life-changing messages by seasoned men and women of God.
to us. Let's lift up our hands. I want us to worship God in the next few minutes. Bless the Lord. Oh, my 
soul and all that is within me bless his holy holy name i don't know about you but i know what god has done for me and my family the fact that you are even standing here alone means that God loves you. For you to stand here strong and healthy is a sign that the Lord is solidly behind you and your family. I want you to lift up your hands as we sing this song together. As I was preparing and coming, this is a song that the Lord laid on my heart. I want you to sing with me as a sign of gratitude to the King of Kings and the Lord of Lords. Lift up your hands.
to lift up your hands and tell God that as you have come before him this morning and this word is coming to you you are going to receive the word in good faith lift up your voice in the next few minutes just tell him every day you come to church you hear God's word but today you are saying that God as this word is coming to me prepare my heart prepare my spirit Prepare my mind that today's word will fall on fertile soil. Tell him, tell him. A word that is going to change and transform your life. A word that is going to move you to the next level of your walk with God. A word that is going to move you from an ordinary Christian to an ordinary believer, to an extraordinary believer. Tell him. You don't want to leave this place the same. Every day you come to church, you hear the word. When you leave, you forget. But today's word, you are saying that God, I don't want to forget. I don't want to forget. Let this word make an impact in my life. Let it cause a stirring in my spirit. Let it cause a mighty wave and a mighty wind of revival in my heart. In the name of Jesus, lift up your voice and say, lift up your voice and tell him, you will not leave this place today the same. In the name of Jesus. In the name of Jesus. Father, we thank you. Father, we give you all the glory. We give you all the honor. In Jesus' name. Amen. Amen. Thank you very much. Please, you can sit heavenly places. So, as you already know, my name is Uncle Nicholas. And I'm sharing the word with us this morning. It's a privilege and an honor to come here once again to share God's word with you. The reason why it's always a privilege is because anytime I come here and I'm speaking to you, I remember when I was like you. How many of you know that I was also here? 
How many of you know? Let me see your hands up. Those of you who know I was here. Minus facilitators. <laughs> I used to be here as well. 14 years, 15 years. I was sitting here just like the way some of you are sitting here. But we did not allow the things of the world to swear us off. We're committed to the work of God in this place. We stood the test of time. And we have believed God. And today we are here. And we are still making a difference. It means that you can even do much better. I hope you understand what I'm saying. Yeah. It means you can do better because what you people are receiving here is even more than what we were receiving then. Okay. Yes. So let's strive to make a difference. Let's take advantage of this opportunity to be fellowshipping with the teen church. Let's take advantage of it. And I know it will not be the same. Amen. So I want to thank the leadership of uh, the teen church for always supporting supporting the ministry, my ministry. You can see the facilitators sitting down. They are also here to hear my word. Amen. Amen. Today our papa is not here. Uncle Biju is not here. But I know wherever he is, God is with him. And he will listen to this word later on. And we are also privileged enough to have with us some of you think that we know how to pray. <laughs> some of you think that we know how to pray, we know how to preach and all those things. But, you know, even when you are growing, there are some people who are your age mates you look up to. Yes. You look up to them because of the things they do. Positive things, so not negative things. Yes. And I want to introduce to us one of those people who have been a positive influence in my life, a prayer machine, <laughs> and a preacher of the gospel. It was our prayer secretary back on campus ministry, ICGC. Let me tell you, he's the first prayer secretary for ICGC campus ministry in KNUST. Um, Uncle Dennis and the wife, they are here with us. All the way from the United Arab Emirates. Let me also add this. He's also an oil guru. Do you understand? So, whilst he's holding the microphone here, he's also an oil guru on the other side. Isn't it a miracle? Yes. It means that whatever you are doing, you can still what? Hold on to God. So, Uncle Dennis and um, Salom, God bless you for coming. And our baby boy, we thank you for coming on this day. I think it's enough motivation for me this morning. <laughs> God bless you. God bless you for coming. Um, today we are going to look at um, a very good subject that for me, every Christian must, must hear. Because anytime we go to church and we hear God's word, some way, somehow, we, we forget. Two of us. Because if I want to even do a test case right now, most of us will end up missing it. If I come around and I ask, what did Uncle Wilhelm preach about last week? It will not be easy for some of us. We will not be able to... How many of us will be able to recollect? 
Let me see my hands. But how many of you were in church last week, Sunday? Let me see. Let's, let's stand up. Those of us who came to church last Sunday, let's stand up. Let me see you. If you came to church last Sunday, stand up and let me see. We are in the house of God. Though. Let's be very honest. Those of you standing, how many of you remember the message that Uncle Wilhelm preached last Sunday? Just lift up your hands. But do you remember the topic? What was the topic? Okay, that's brilliant. Let's clap for ourselves. For for remembering the, the topic alone, I think it's good. So let's be seated. God bless you. I won't ask direct questions again. A moment. Let me just. But we seen the the God we serve is very good. You know that. It's a very very good God. So anytime we get opportunity to come before Him, we have to thank Him. So today I'll be talking about a very important subject, like I said, uh, which I know is going to transform your life and it's also going to change your thoughts about the word of God anytime it is ministered to you. Amen. So today we are going to look about, we are going to look at the parable of the sower. Are we writing? Let's write, okay? Let's take our notebooks and our pens in our Bible. The media team will help us with the projections of the scriptures. I hope you are going to help me with that one. Media team. Good. So take your Bibles, your pen, and then your notebook. It's going to be a combination of teaching and preaching. So there are some of the key things you have to pen them down. Right? Alright, so let's, let's start quickly. I'm hoping that I'll finish quickly then we can spend some time to pray and then we close. Amen. So I've, I've set the preamble of how I want the structure to be like. So let's pay attention carefully. Yeah? Let's pay attention carefully. So like I'm saying, today I'm preaching on the popular parable. Very popular parable. You've all heard about the parable of the sower. Right? Yeah. Because we did the Bible challenge. We did a whole book of we did a book of, uh, we did all the New Testament. And as you know, the parable of the, of the sower can be found in what? Matthew, Mark, yeah, the Synoptic Gospels. That's where you can find it. So I'm very sure that we've all read it some way, somehow. Even if you haven't heard, you haven't read it, you might have heard about this particular parable. Okay, good. So we realize that Jesus. Whilst, before we go to the scripture, let me just say something briefly. Realize that Jesus was trying to, how do we call it, um, compare sharing God's word to what a planter does. A planter is the same as a sower, someone who grows crops. The whole process of sharing the word of God, he was comparing it to how we, 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 we try to grow a plant. So, um, the farmers will go to their various farms and then they will go and what? 
sow a seed and they expect that the seed will germinate, right? And what is the expectant result? Because they want what? Benefit from the seed that they are sowing. So they expect to have what? Results from the seed that they, that what they are sowing. And the result is what? The fruits that will come out from the seed that they are sowing. And whilst they are sowing the seed, it goes through a whole lot of process because the seed has to go into the ground, break forth, and then start to germinate. And then it moves from that level. We all did, we are, we are all doing a great science, right? Or science in itself. So we all know the process of growing um, a, a crop or a plant. So Jesus was trying to compare how anytime we preach a message, how it goes, because that's what the parable of the sower actually means. When we read the entire scripture, you understand better. So that was the whole purpose of what Jesus was trying to say. But you see, the most important thing is that when the, the sower is planting, his, his main purpose is to see what? The resource, which is what? The, seed, the, the, the fruits that will come out after the, the seed has gone through the entire process. He wants to see resource. So today, if I plant mango, I want to see my mangoes come in in so many uh, foods so that I will harvest. If you grow a corn, you expect to see that your corn will also what? Go and give you a lot of corn so that you can enjoy it. Great. So that was the whole idea of Jesus giving out this parable. And then, when we say a parable, what is a parable? A parable simply is used to illustrate a moral or a spiritual lesson. Because when you read the parable of the sower, you see that that is what Jesus, it was a message Jesus was trying to carry out towards his disciples and then the, 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 the people who come to listen to him. That's the crowd that usually comes around him anytime he's teaching. Yeah? So the purpose is to what? Illustrate a particular moral lesson or a spiritual lesson. And then the word parable comes from the Greek word paraboli. Paraboli, meaning that the first part, which is the para, means beside. And then the other side, which is the boli, means to cast or throw. So in, in essence, the word parable means cast aside. For those of you who also have an idea about English literature, how many of you are doing literature in school? Okay, good. Good. I was, I was a student of literature. So those of you who are doing literature, when you look at this particular parable, you can give it a literary, one of the literary devices, which is an allegory. Maybe it will come in your BEC your someday. So put it down. Maybe I'm giving you a spiritual apport. You might never know. <laughs> oh, sorry. So in English, we call it, English literature, we call it allegory. Allegory, which is a story within a story. So, anytime Jesus speaks about a parable, the disciples, they don't get it in the first instance, right? So, he will later on go ahead and what? Explain what the parable means. Or you can also say a surface story or a story hidden underneath. Amen. So, I'm saying that in English literature, the parable is what? an allegory. Okay? 
It's an allegory. Great. Now, you realize that Jesus emphasis on the parable is very, very crucial. Why was it so crucial? Especially this particular parable. It was crucial because Jesus Christ was saying that in order to unlock the other parables that he has been sharing, the parable of the sower is very key. You understand when we go into scriptures, but I want to build some foundation before. So, there are so many parables in the Bible, but Jesus is saying that this particular one, which is the parable of the sower, it is the key that will unlock the other words, parables. So, if you're able to to grasp or catch the revelation that the parable of the sower is, then you will not have a problem when it comes towards the other parables. Can you give me the book of Mark chapter 4 verse 13 to just explain this and then we'll go back and start the whole process again. Let's go to the book of Mark chapter 4 verse 13. Let's see what Jesus Christ is saying. Mark 4 13. I don't have my Bible here also. Mark 4.13. Listen to what Jesus Christ is saying. And he said to them, Do you not understand this parable? How then will you understand all the parables? How then will you understand all the parables? So it means that until you understand this particular parable, which is the parable of the sower, you will not understand the other ones. Let me just give an assumption or let me give a criteria so that it will help us get it well. Uh, okay. Let's say you want to we want to we, we are all here, we want to go to senior high school. Okay, let me just calm down. We are all here, we want to go to senior high school. What do we have to go to be able, what do we have to do to be able to what? Attain uh, 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 how do we call it? Access to SHS. What do we have to do? I can't hear you. What? Good. So it means that without the BC, you will not what have access to senior high school. Without the BC, you must write the BC and pass. So even it's not just about writing the BC, you must pass. And then when you pass the BC you'll be able to what, get admission into a senior high school. That's what Jesus Christ is saying. That first and foremost, you need to understand this particular parable because it is going to help you unlock the other ones. When you get this one, then you are there. The others will not be difficult. You'll be able to what, have access to the understanding of those particular ones as well. It's just to tell you that the parable of the sower is the foundation, is the fundamental, it is the rock on which all the other parables are also worth standing on. If you don't, if you are if you are not able to get this particular parable, or you don't you don't practice or you don't allow this particular parable to get into your heart and, and transform you in a way and give you an understanding, then it means that what the other parables will not have any form of effect, it will not have any form of transformation concerning your life. Hallelujah. Are you with me? 
So you see how crucial this particular parable is. We've read it several times. I did, um, how do we call it, uh, CRS in senior high school. And we had to learn these things, chew and pour by force. We're, we're just chewing it to go and write and pass. We're not interested in the, the, how do you call it, the spiritual aspect or the moral aspect. We're not interested. We're only interested in what? Chewing it in our head, going to sit down, pass, and then go out somewhere. So when I got the topic, I'm like, ah, I've read this thing several times. I chewed it in my head before. But, but when I started uh, preparing for the matter, I was like, no. So all this, wow. This is what Jesus Christ is trying to say. That's in order to be able to unlock the other ones, this one is the basic. It's the basic. So today it is my prayer that as we go into this particular parable, God is going to open our eyes. God is going to open our hearts. God is going to help us to get a special form of understanding that from today onwards, We'll be able to also have what access to the other ones in a different dimension. Hallelujah. Good. We still haven't gone to our scriptures yet. I'm trying to build up. Now, Jesus also wanted to reveal to us the human heart in its response and receptiveness to God's word. That is what the parable is about. Today, what is going on right now is the process. Is the process. The word of God is coming to you. It's coming to you this morning like it has been coming to you every other day. Especially on Sundays because that is when we spend time in God's house. Today the message is coming to you again. It is coming. How are you processing it? Your heart is supposed to be receiving this word this morning. How is your heart getting ready or preparing towards the message coming to you. Are you going to receive it well? We'll get there. Are you going to receive it well? Or the word will come to you just like any other day. When you go to church. And the word comes. And you leave the four corners of the church. And then the word is gone. So Jesus was trying to say that. Listen. In the process of sharing God's word. The human heart is very important because that is where their heart is going to be. That is where the word is going to get to. And when the word of God gets to your heart, what is the reception that you are going to have towards the word of God coming your way? So today, the word of God is coming to you. We still haven't gone to our main scripture. The word of God is coming to you. Prepare your heart. I said what? Prepare your heart for the word of God is coming. Prepare your heart. Hallelujah. And then also, Jesus was also emphasizing on what was happening whilst he was teaching. Because he was with the disciples and then the crowd. So, in, in, in his quest to, to raise this parable, to bring explanation to them, he was trying to tell them that even at that very moment, just like I'm also here, when Jesus was sharing, he was saying that at that particular circumstance, what was going on is what he was sharing. That's 
the word of God is coming to them. They are going to hear it. And there is not any extraordinary thing. It was what was going on at that particular moment. And he wanted them to understand the entire process. Amen. Now, I want us to go to our main scripture for today. Mark chapter 4, verse 20. No, Mark chapter 4, verse 1 to 20. I wish you all read it together. Mark 4, 1 to 20. should be able to finish this quickly. Let's start from, from verse 1. Yes. Let's all read from the NIV. Can we go? Okay. Again, Jesus began to teach by the lake. Are you? We are reading together. It's not just me. Let's go. Again, Jesus began to teach by the lake. The crowd that gathered around him was so large that he got into a boat and sat in it out on the lake while all the people were along the shore at the water's edge. Two. He taught them many things by parables and in his teaching said, Listen, a farmer went out to sow his seed. As he was scattering the seed, some fell along the path, and the birds came and ate it up. Some fell on rocky places where it did not have much soil. It sprang up quickly because the soil was shallow. But when the sun came up, the plants were scorched, and they withered because they had no roots. Seven. Other seed fell among thorns, which grew up and choked the plants so that they did not bear grain. Eight. Still, other seed fell on good soil. It came up, grew, and produced a crop, multiplying 30, 60, or even a hundred times. Then Jesus said, He who has ears to hear, let him hear. When he was alone, the twelve and the others around him asked him about the parables. He told them, The secret of the kingdom of God has been given to you. But to those on the outside, everything is said in parables. So that they may be ever seen but never perceiving, and ever hearing but never understanding, otherwise they might turn and be forgiven. Then Jesus said to them, Don't you understand this parable? How then will you understand any parable? The farmer sows the word. Some people are like the seed along the path where the word is sown. As soon as they hear it, Satan comes and takes away the word that was sown in them. Others like seeds sown on rocky places hear the word and at once receive it with joy. But since they have no roots, they last only a short time. When trouble or persecution comes because of the word, they quickly fall away. Still others, like seed sown among thorns, hear the word. But the worries of this life, the deceitfulness of wealth, and the desires for other things come in and choke the word, making it unfruitful. Last one, 20. Others like seed sown on good soil hear the word, accept it, and produce a crop 30, 
60 or even 100 times what was sown. Amen. What an exciting word. What an exciting word. Now I wanted to look at these three things. The sower, the seed, and the soil. Now the sower refers to the farmer or Jesus or whoever will be what? Preaching the word of God. So at this very moment, who is the sower here? Who is the sower? I am the sower. The seed is what? The seed is what? The word of God. And the word of God is what is coming to you this morning, right? The word I'm preaching this morning is coming to you. That is the seed that Jesus was referring to. Great. And then the soil, which is the most important for me right now because I am the sower. And I expect that my seed will fall on what? A fertile soil. So who is the soil in this case? Who? Yes, you are the soil. So you have to help me, the sower, today. And the seed, which is the word, you have to help us. Because at the end of today's meeting, we are, it is my prayer that as a sower, or as a good sower, my seed must what? Bear fruits. It must bear fruits. So, whilst I was preparing and coming, my prayer was that God should help my soil, which is you, to receive the word in good faith. So that when you receive the word, you will become fruitful. Hallelujah. Now, let's look at the four analogy that Jesus Christ gave about this. He mentioned four types of soils. Let's quickly say it. First, he was talking about what? The one that the seed fell where? On the wayside. Wayside. Point chain. Just fell. That is the first one. And then the second one, he said he fell where? He fell where? Where did he fall? The second one is what? The rocky ground. The rocky ground. And then the third one is which one? Come again. The thorns. And then the last one is what? The fertile soil. Now let's break all down. First, we are starting with the the seed that fell by the wayside. And these people, they are the people with the hardened hearts. Their heart is hard. So they have said that they are believers. But anytime the word of God comes to them, they don't take it serious. It doesn't do anything to them. Why, why is that the word is not doing anything to them? It's not their fault. It's because the enemy are setting. The enemy is the bed. The bed in the parable is the devil. Because he comes to what? Pick the seed. And the enemy only comes to what? To steal. To kill and to destroy. It's coming because he knows what the word is capable of what? Doing in your life. So yes, you have accepted that Jesus Christ is your Lord and personal Savior. However, 
Anytime you go to church or you hear the word of God, it, it, it has nothing to do with your life. You don't, you don't care. I pray that none of us will be in that category today. That as the word is coming, you don't care. Oh, it has been said. Yeah, we, are, we move. We move. It doesn't do anything. We don't believe it. Oh, it's one of those things. And this category of people, Jesus Christ is saying that they have allowed the bear to come and steal from them. And the bear is the devil. The devil is always coming after us because he knows what the word of God is capable of doing in our lives. So when the word comes, he also prepares himself to come and steal the word from you quickly. Quickly. Because if, if, he, doesn't, if he doesn't pick it quickly, it means that in the next few minutes or in the next few days, something very important will happen to you. I pray that any devil that comes to you anytime we share God's word in this place, today we are saying that we are bringing their works to an end in the name of Jesus. Because when you come to church, we preach so many things here, but when we go back home, those things have nothing to do with us. When we preach about holiness, we talk about betting, we talk about all those things. Oh, no, it doesn't do anything to my life. It's not doing anything in your life because you have allowed the devil to what? Steal the word from you. Yes. So you are just like the, the category of people who are on the wayside. Wayside. The enemy can always come through. Easily. Easily. But you cannot be a child of God and a believer and allow the enemy to have that kind of access in your life. No. That is not our portion as Christians. The word of God must transform us. And that is what the devil is afraid of. He is afraid of the transformation that is going to come in your life. He is afraid of, he's afraid of the good things that will come out of the word of God that is coming to you. So he's always ready to pick it up. Today I pray that you not allow the devil to snatch the word of God from you. Let's look at the second group of people. The Bible is describing this group of people as the shallow hearts. The shallow hearts. The seed that falls on stony ground. Stony ground. Let's just even picture ourselves. You are going to grow normal corn. And you are sowing the seed on a stony ground. What do you expect as an as an outcome? Do you expect the seed to grow? It will not grow. It will not grow. Stony ground. It will not grow. And Jesus is saying that it signifies the people who hear the word of God, they receive it with so much joy. So much joy. I've been there before. You go to church, you hear powerful word. Say, hey, today that's for this word. Hey, it's already done. My faith in God has changed. It has increased. 
because of this word, I know today change has come into my life. You believe it so much, you're excited, you go around, you tell your friends about it. But the Bible and Jesus Christ is saying that this group of people, because they are not rooted in the word of God, they are not rooted in the word of God. The seed is unable to what? Make any form of impact. Because they are not rooted in God's word. They are not able to sustain the things of this world. They cannot stand. So anytime something comes up their way, then their unbelief starts setting in. How many of us have been there before? Oh, let's be honest with ourselves. I've been there before. When some things are happening to you, you will not look for scriptures that will increase your faith or encourage you in the Lord. And this popular phrase that most Christians have been saying. Eh? Bad things happen to good people. Isn't it true? It's a popular phrase, but it is an error. You say, oh, bad things happen to good people. This person is a good person. I don't understand why this thing is happening to him. But it's an error. Why is it an error? Because the word of God says that whatsoever a man shall sow, he shall reap. So if you sow good things, what are you supposed to be reaping? Yes. So don't be agreeing with the things that the worldly people have been saying. This is just an example of those things. It's a complete error. It is not our portion as believers. We don't fall in that category. Example again. I know most of your friends are in school. Right now they are, they've gone to school. Some of them were not happy about the schools they posted them to. Some of them are not happy about the results they got. So their faith has gone down. See, me, I've come to church. Church workers meet. I've done all these things. I don't know why I didn't get good grade. So me, I don't think I'll serve God like that anymore. I don't think I want to be serious with God anymore. These are the group of people that the Bible is saying that's falling on what? It's a shallow heart. Stony ground or rocky ground. The little things that come their way after receiving the word of God with so much joy, they allow some of these small, small things to shake them. It will shake them because they are not rooted in Christ. And they are not rooted in the word of God. So today, if something is happening to you, I want to challenge you. And I want to challenge your spirit. When those things start coming, start quoting the scriptures back to those situations. You get what I'm saying? So when you write an exams and you, did it and you don't do well, you don't accept that you're a failure. No, you don't have to accept it. You are failed. Yes, that's what they are saying. But... 
you are not a failure. Because the word of God says that we are the head and not the tail. Which one do you believe in? Which report? The human report. Do you believe in the human report? Or you believe in the report of the Lord? I believe in the report of the Lord. There are several times that me too, I've filled exams before, but me, I don't care. Yes. Yes. If you allow those things as a Christian, so even though you are hearing God's word every day, and the word of God is supposed to make an impact in your life, because of these things, you cannot stand firm as a Christian. My, let me share this with you. My first, the first time I ever filled an exams, I couldn't believe it. I tell you, because when I look at myself, <laughs> when I look at myself, <laughs> and the report is saying that I failed this paper, I don't get it. Yes. I did not get it. Because the time I failed that exam was when I was serving God the most. Serious. It's a serious matter. That was when I, I have decided to go all out. I have decided I'm going all out for the Lord. And that was when the enemy set in. And I feel that I feel the paper for the first time. And I look, I say, no, I don't look like somebody who must feel. No, it's not my portion. It, it, it's not my portion. Those who have been to the university, they understand. You trail a paper. Hey, God, Jesus Christ. It's a shame to trail a paper. You, you are coming. By pain none of you trail a paper. When you're in the university and you trail a paper, it means you are going backwards. So when your friends are progressing, if you don't take care, you can even you may not even graduate, and everybody will know. Because the graduation list will come out. And if you've been lying to your friends that you are passing your papers, the graduate the graduation day, they will know. <laughs> because people will be looking out for you. And if your name is not there, <laughs> even the graduation, you cannot go. And they will be like, upon all your prayers, upon all your church, upon all your dashes. Oh, hey, goodness. But I pray it will never be your portion. But even in the times of those period that were trailing papers and the rest. I didn't care. I said, okay. If the school has decided to say that I'm a failure, Jesus is not saying I'm a failure. I move. I'll move. If you are not strong and you are not rooted in Christ and you are not rooted in the word of God, when those times come in your life, if you don't take care, 
you will lose faith in God. You will not even believe that Jesus Christ even came to die for you. Yes. You will not believe it. Let's move to the next one. The next one talks about Okay, let me give us some scriptures to help us with this particular one. Let's read the book of Colossians chapter 2 verse 7. Colossians chapter 2 verse 7. Colossians chapter 2 verse 7. Say, let's start from the 6. Let's start from the 6 so that we get it well. Say, so then, just as you received Christ Jesus as Lord, continue to live in him. Next. Rooted and built up in him. Strengthened in the faith as you were taught. And overflowing with thankfulness. My focus is strengthened in the faith. Now we have the faith. But the faith must be strengthened. How can the faith be strengthened? It can only be strengthened if we are rooted in God's word. We must be rooted in God's word. So that when those periods come, you will not be moved. You will not be shaken. Yes. Now I want us to look at another scripture. Ephesians chapter 3 verse 16 to 19. Ephesians chapter 3. Revelation chapter 3, verses 16 to 19. Are you writing it down? Say, so I pray that out of his glorious riches, he may strengthen you with power through his spirit in your inner being. So that Christ may dwell in your hearts through faith. Christ may dwell in your hearts. The hearts that we are talking about. That is it. Christ must dwell in your heart through faith. When Christ is in your heart, nothing will move you. Nothing will shake you. Even when all those bad things are coming your way, Christ is there. That will, Christ will be the response to those things that will be fighting you. The word of God. It is there in your heart. Be pushing those things back. And I pray that you being rooted and established in love. Amen. Let's move to the next one. That is the crowded heart. The crowded heart. This one is the... When I read this one, it wasn't because where we have gotten to in our lives, for us, that is where our problem is. Yes. People are coming up. But it's good you know these things. The crowded heart. Which one is the crowded heart? The seed that falls on ground where weeds choke out its growth. Slowly and surely, these people, busy with the cares and riches of the world, just lose interest in the things of God. Yes. Divided attention. Attention is divided. That is where most of us are right now. That is where we are. That is the stage we have gotten to. Because, you know, at this stage, we want to be, you know, we want to make it in life. People now are thinking about passing BEC and passing WASI and going to the university. Those are the things that are bothering you. But for us, we have to make it in life. 
We don't have a choice. We must make it. But Jesus is saying that the heart is, is crowded with so many things. So many things you want to do the work of God. Yes. You desire to do the work of God. But then, the things of the world, the things you want to achieve, it also comes to you as well. Because you are battling with it too. Some of you, your life is all about BC. As if without BC, nothing happens in this world. Yes. Some of you, it's about betting. Because that's the only way you can make more money. Some of you, it's about being in that relationship with that boy. It's about being in that relationship with that girl. Should I mention the girl's name? And call out the person out. Should I do it? Are you ready for it? I'll call you out and mention the name of the girl. Are you ready? When I finish, I'll use another girl too as an example. Are we ready for it? It could be you. You want to be disgraced here? Today is not the day. Some other time. You people want want us to you want me to reveal people's secrets here? Are you ready to reveal your secrets? We'll not do it today. We'll do it some other time. But that is the the divided attention Jesus Christ is talking about here. Some of us, the focus is all about being in a relationship with a girl or a boy. (laughs) So, even when you are coming to church workers' meeting, you use that one as an excuse to go and visit a boy. Or, even if you don't use that one as as an excuse to go and visit a boy, then use that one as an excuse to come and meet the girl in church. If your mother say, oh, today, I don't want you to come to church, then you're angry. (laughs) Your mommy is spoiling the movement. (laughs) Jesus is Lord. Yes. So the focus has shifted. The attention has been divided. You see, you really want to serve God, though. You really, really want to serve God. But there's this other part of you, too, that is so much interested in being in a relationship with a boy or a girl. And also, there's this part of you, too, that is interested in making sure that you'll be the first in class. So everything about the, 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 I mean, the kingdom of God must be put aside. That is the divided attention. That is the divided attention. The focus 
in serving God is not there. These are the kind that people Jesus Christ is talking about. But the purpose of Jesus is that he wants you to be fruitful. So if you allow these things to come in, how then can you be fruitful? How then can you multiply? How? The attention is divided. One person, your mind is here. Your mind is there. Your mind is there. So, the things of God, it has become very difficult. Let's look at um, this young man in the, in, the, in the Bible that made Jesus Christ. Anytime I, re- I read about that particular um, scripture, it gets me worried and disturbed. Mark chapter 10, verse 17 to 27. But you see, the Bible also tells us that we should set our minds on what? Things above. And not on earthly things. Things above. And not on earthly things. But let's look at this young man. Let's look at him carefully. As Jesus started on his way, a man ran up to him and fell on his knees before him. Good teacher, he asked, what must I do to it inherit eternal life? Why do you call me good? Jesus answered, no one is good except God alone. You know the commandments. Do not murder, do not commit adultery, do not steal, do not give false testimony, do not defraud, honor your father and mother. Teacher, he declared, all these I have kept since I was a boy. He has kept everything. He's a very good young man. Very good. He's almost there, 90%. But he's lacking 10%. Let's continue. Jesus looked at him and loved him. One thing you lack, one who, just one thing. He said, go. Sell everything you have and give to the poor. And you will have treasure in heaven. Then come. Come and follow me. Come and follow me. Sell everything. Some of us here, even the dress you are wearing, if we ask you to sell it and come, you will not come. <laughs> so, it was a difficult task for the young man. I cannot criticize that young man. If I were him, it would be difficult. Say. Jesus said you should sell everything. No. And that was the one thing he was lacking. That, the only thing he was lacking. No. The only thing. But that young man, he cannot do it. Not that he cannot do it, he won't do it. He won't do it. And from when you read, let's move to the 23. Okay, good. So, yeah, yeah, go back. I think that one. The 22. He said, and, and this, at this, the man's face fell. It means that he was disappointed. He went away sad because he had great wealth. He was sad. Very, very, very sad. He didn't want to allow that part to come in. No. No, 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 no. 
the things of this world is what is battling with us now. So today as the word of God is coming to you, this particular word is coming to you, don't allow the things of this world to battle it out with you. Because like I said in the beginning, I am the sower and you are the soil and I expect that the word will make an impact in your life. That is my purpose this morning. That is my purpose. And the last analogy talks about the ones that the, the word fell on what? It fell on what? A fertile soil. The fruitful heart that receives the word. And it's my prayer that you be in that category this morning. That from this morning going, your heart will be a fruitful heart. Your heart is going to be a fertile soil that anytime you hear God's word, it is going to be on your heart forever in the name of Jesus. The seed falls on good grounds and the plants produce a rich harvest. Rich harvest. Not just harvest to rich. So, I expect that anytime the word of God comes to you, you must what? Increase. This is a year of what? Increase, right? Yes. So, you must increase in whatever you do. And I'm more particular about your spiritual increase. Yes. Your spirit, as for the rest, it will come. You'll be rich in the name of Jesus. You don't have a problem. Oh, you didn't hear that one. I said you'll be rich in the name of Jesus. You people, you are all rich people seated here. But at this point, you must be rich spiritually. That one, the amen is dropping. You will receive spiritual increase in the name of Jesus. That you will read the word of God and it will fall on fertile soil in your heart in the name of Jesus. That as you are doing the Bible challenge and you are reading the word of God, you not just read, but your, your heart is going to be receptive to the word that is going to come to you in the name of Jesus. That from today going, anytime you hear God's word, it will not fall on a rocky ground, it will not fall on a thorny place, it will not fall by the wayside, but it is going to fall on a fertile soil in the name of Jesus. I declare that you'll be transformed this morning. The word of God is going to change you in the name of Jesus. It is going to move you from one level to another in the name of Jesus. I declare to you this morning that you are moving upwards in the name of Jesus. Your spiritual height is increasing in the name of Jesus. We'll be closing shortly. When we read the parable of the talents, in the book of Matthew, chapter 25, verse 14 to 30, it just talks about someone receiving five talents, someone receiving three talents, someone receiving two talents, someone receiving one talent. And how they all made good use of what they had. But someone did not make good use of his. It was taken away from him. So God 
is expecting that you will be fruitful and you multiply in whatever you do, your deeds and your works. Anytime you hear his word. Yes. So if that is not happening to you, if you don't take care, what has been given to you can be taken from you. But that should never be your portion. That what has been given to you will be taken away from you and given to somebody else. We are in this same church. We have people who are very committed. But in this same place, we have some people who don't care about anything that goes on. By its time, that will be transformed. That the word of God must bring some changes in our lives. That will not just be hearers of God's word. But will also be doers of God's word. Hallelujah. Let me quickly conclude. James chapter 1 verse 21. The parable of the sower has illustrated the purpose of the word of God that is deposited in our lives. Therefore, get rid of all moral filth and the evil that is so prevalent and humbly accept the word planted in you which can save you. It's only the word of God that can save you. It is mighty to save the word of God. Mighty to save. It is only God's word that can save you. Only God's word. From today, I pray that you will value the word of God. You will cherish the word of God. You will not give the devil the chance. The enemy who is ready, ever willing to steal God's word from you, you will give him absolute no place. You will not give him the chance to trespass. You will not give him the opportunity to come your way. You see, the interesting thing is that when the devil is about to do something, we know. Mostly we know you are going to do something. You know that that thing you are going to do is not good, but you still want to do it. You know it. But you still want to do it. We shouldn't give the devil any place. The word of God is very powerful. How many of us know that? The word of God is very, very powerful. The word of God brings healing. The word of God brings transformation. The word of God gives life. The word of God is everything. Without the word of God, we will not be here. Even the world will not be where it is today. Write this scripture down. Hebrews chapter 4 verse 12. Hebrews chapter 4 verse 12. Write it down. The word of God is like a double-edged sword. Hebrews chapter 4 verse 12. For the word of God is living and active, sharper than any double-edged sword. It penetrates and even to dividing soul and spirit, joints and marrow. It judges the thoughts and attitudes of the heart. Today I pray that
your heart will be a receptive one in the name of Jesus. Your heart will be a receptive heart. And I pray that you also guard your heart in everything that you do from this day forward. You will guard your heart. The Bible says that out of the abundance of the heart, the mouth will speak it. So the things that your heart is going to tolerate is what you are going to bring forth. Let our hearts be receptive to God's word at all times. And as I bring to conclusion my message, Martin Luther King says something. He said that we need to hear the word of God every day because we forget it every day. See, it makes sense. Yeah. We need to hear the word of God every day because we forget it what? Every day. So in order not to forget it every day, we must do what? We must hear it and read it every single day. It is my prayer that you hear the word of God every day. It is my prayer that you read the word of God every day. But in your case, you will not forget it. I said in your case, you will not forget it. That the word of God from this day will always fall on a fertile ground. That your heart will be fertile. That the word of God, anytime when it's deposited to you, is going to make you fruitful. It's going to help you to increase in everything that you do in the name of Jesus. Let's be on our feet as we say a short word of prayer. Let's be upstanding. I want you to close your eyes. And lift up your hands. Let's pray and tell God that he should help us so that our hearts will be receptive to his, to his word anytime we get opportunity to hear it and read it. Let's lift up our voice and tell him. Today you have heard God's word, which is the parable of the sower. And we are saying that it is the key to every other thing. It unlocks every other thing in the kingdom of God. Lift up your voice and say that, Lord, I want my heart to be like a fertile soil. A receptive heart that anytime your word comes through, it will fall on a receptive soil. In the mighty name of Jesus, let's begin to pray. I can't hear you 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 pray. If you want to be a better person, if you want to be a better person, you should pray this. You should pray this prayer like you mean it. Because the troubles that we go through in this world is because we don't understand God's word, and we have not accepted it in our hearts. Tell Him, you want your heart. To be receptive to his word at all times. In the name of Jesus. The Lord is working on our hearts. Those of us. 
that our hearts are hardened. Those of us that our hearts are like a shallow ones. We are praying this morning. We are saying that Lord, change it. Change it, Lord. Change it to the Lord. The Bible says that for with God, all things are possible. All things are possible. Not some things. Everything in this world is possible. So it doesn't matter the kind of heart that you have. The Lord is saying that it can change it this morning. It can change it. As you are praying, the Lord is changing it to his glory in the name of Jesus. That will bear fruits in the name of Jesus. We will bear fruits in the name of Jesus. Like the fetal soil. The Bible says that it bore fruits. It bore fruits. We are praying and saying, the Lord Jesus, help us to have a receptive heart. A fetal heart that is going to bear fruits in the name of Jesus. 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 Before I leave, I want to take this song. Forever. Oh Lord. Thy word is settled. In heaven. Forever, oh Lord, oh thy word is settled in heaven. In heaven forever, forever. I want you to sing with me. Now where is settled in heaven forever? Oh Lord, now where is settled in heaven forever? I want to do one last thing before I sit down. If you are here and you are sick, please come forward. If you are here and you are not feeling well, come forward. Any part of your body, come. Or you have somebody in the house who is not feeling well, come forward. Any pain in your body. It's your direction. Come forward. Time is up. Quickly, quickly. Let's do it before I go. Oh, forever. 
for listening. God bless you.